Happy Easter, everybody! Welcome to Rumbling Reality with Ramsey and Travis. Travis, I stole your intro for you today. I'm okay with that. You can emphasize the T because that's what the T in Rumbling Reality and Wrestling Reality stands for. <laughs> oh God, you're stealing that too. The Wrestling Reality that is yours. You're right. I was gonna say it was a true story. I came up with that. Yeah, that's true. Uh, sorry about missing last week, guys. We both had things to do, and we missed our 30th, uh, Rumbling Reality podcast, but we're here. We're here. Yeah, this is episode 30, so we all have, we have our personal lives, too, y'all, so suck it. No, yeah. <laughs> well, don't suck it, but yeah. <laughs> no, 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 no. Uh, so, sucky part is we actually didn't get to do our little WrestleMania, uh, talk over, but everybody's already done them. It's already, you know, we're already two weeks in. No need for that. Travis, what do you want to talk about this week? A lot of things have happened this week, from Finn Balor injury again to Seth Rollins' new finisher behind the scenes. A lot of good stuff. Yeah, yeah. The, the Of course, the big story was the whole superstar shakeup thing, which I don't know if, I, if anybody else felt this way, but I felt like it was really weird to call it the superstar shakeup. Why don't you just call it the draft again? Exactly. You know? It made, it made so much better sense and gave it so much more realism when they called it the draft. To me, I feel like they went superstar shakeup so the little kitties can run to their kindergarten yeah. classes and say, oh my God, did you see that? The superstar shakeup. It, it really, amazing. Just the ma- way they made it sound, it sounded PG. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. I was like, the draft sounded so much more mature and honestly, they should have done it that way because it would have uh, it would have educated children more. I think it just makes it sound different. Sure. That's it, you know. It could be, but... So what did you think about the draft? Do you think it really changed the canvas for everything, or it's the same stuff, or what? Oh, no, it did change change their, you know, I know it's a cliche, but whatever. Mm -hmm. It did change their landscape uh, that they were doing, because, I mean, it's it's kind of already put the kibosh on a couple of feuds. Um, Yeah. Randy Orton and Bray Wyatt, of course, is going to have their final match in that House of Horrors match, which apparently Which still, nobody knows what it is yet. I was going to say, still this entire week, nobody, no insider can figure it out. And according to every report that's been <laughs> released thus far, even the officials backstage in WWE don't even know exactly <laughs> what this match is going to entail. Even on WWE.com, they were um, had a, like a little quote, or had a little voting system, which asked you, what would you like to see in the House of Horrors? Yeah. <laughs> Come on. Like, like, don't you think you need to, you know, finalize this concept before you announce the match? You know, that's just, that's kind of my They're theory. They're saying it might be a match with mirrors, with fire. Yeah, but come on. I mean, I this that would be the dumbest thing in the world. Yeah, know? what are they going to do, fight mirrors? You know, what is that? Right. Now, now to be fair, though, WCW, in its uh, last real full year of business, had a, a match in the cemetery. 
But I think that was a little bit different because they were using the Vampiro character, which oh, was yeah. already a dark character to begin with, and he was inviting somebody to fight him in the cemetery, so it became a graveyard match, which sounded really ridiculous, but then when you think about it, it fit really well with the character. Did it so, end up being a decent match? Um, no. It depends on what your definition of decent is supposed to be. Well, you're, you're, pretty, uh, so, you're pretty unbiased it, from WCW stuff. It, if you didn't think it was, it was that good, then it probably wasn't that good. From a storytelling standpoint, it was actually very fitting, and it, and it worked really well. From a logistics standpoint and a how-do-you-win-the-match standpoint, <laughs> it was pretty ridiculous. I was like, seriously? First, you had to beat the guy. I believe, it, I be, if I'm correct, you had to beat the guy, meaning you had to pin him first. Mm. Then you had to make your – no, I'm sorry – you started in the graveyard, and then you had to fight your way back to the arena. <laughs> what? Then, oh, it gets better. Not only did you have to get back to the arena, the pinfall had to occur in the ring. What the so, heck? So what was so the point of the graveyard? It, that That's my point. That's what I'm saying. From a storytelling standpoint, it made a little bit of sense for the characters involved. Yeah. For the logistics standpoint, it is pretty ridiculous. <laughs> WCW. Yeah. What, um... That, that's, that's Vince Russo's WCW. Let's, let me clarify that, so... Oh, you're not a Vince Russo fan? Dude, Vince Russo's a moron. I thought you liked him for some reason. No. No, Vince Russo, still to this day, a lot of people that will have the whole conspiracy theory that mm. Vince Russo was sent by Vince McMahon to to destroy WCW because of how bad he, he made that place. I mean, literally, he, he took the company that was already suffering from debt after Bischoff left, yeah. and he put them further into debt uh, by like another $100 million or something like oh, wow. that. That's how bad they, they lost, dude. They lost their viewership. They lost their fanship. Everything had like some form of a poll on on the last year. Like they had I, – I... You what? Oh, it was it, some of the most ridiculous matches that you can <laughs> ever conceive. Poor Booker T, though, because he, he was involved in a match. Where Chucky Ducky had... Quack Quack's coming back, too. Yeah, which I know we'll get to that in a minute. Um, but Booker T, when he was on his uh, high horse in WCW, they had this match where you had to go and uh, retrieve the box. They had like four boxes on poles, once again, in each corner. Oh God. And one <laughs> of the boxes contained the WCW title. Well, the box that had the title, Booker T went and grabbed, the title fell out from underneath the box and landed on the outside of the ring. So you can hear it on the commentary. Tony Schiavone was like, oh, well, well the, the, the title fell out of the box. Now I guess Booker T all got to do is go outside and grab the title. And that's exactly what he did. He got out of the ring, went and picked up the title, and that was the end of the match. That's really because embarrassing. It, yeah, officially the match did not end until the championship was in your hand. I was like, that is the stupidest thing in the world. <laughs> Good old WCW days. It hey, was brutal. So what do you think about uh, Booker T coming back for a little bit? Are you excited? I'm excited. For, actually, like Booker um, T on commentary to me has always been pretty good. See, I, I had this talk with somebody just last night too, and 
they they weren't a fan of Booker T on commentary because yeah. as he was saying, you know, the guy doesn't make a lot of sense at times. But to me, that's what I liked about Booker T is that I know it's while, funny. Yeah, at times while he may not make sense, the catchphrases like "shuck it, duck it" that he came up with My was extremely funny. You know. Yeah. Uh, and I'll say this: I hate the fact that they put David Otunga. Um, I'm hoping that after these next six weeks that Otunga's out filming a movie, uh, Booker T does such a, a at least a oh, is that what job. he's doing? I wonder yeah. where he's going. Yeah, hopefully he does such a decent job to where they'll be like, "No, you can just stay off TV, Otunga. You're not needed." So you don't like Otunga? He sucks, dude. Is he what boring to you? Have you not listened to him on SmackDown? Yeah, I have, but just not. I mean, he's he's uh, he's uh, intelligent. He's just not very. Uh, he doesn't. He has no inflection in his voice, dude. Yeah. He doesn't get excited. He's just like this. Oh well, that's that's definitely an athletic maneuver. Oh yeah, <laughs> oh yeah. Look at that. Dean Ambrose coming off the line with a lariat. Well, not not every uh, wrestling announcer can be smart or savvy, so. You can have a little bit of character to you, though. Can you, that, Travis? Huh? Can you? Absolutely, you can. I can speak from experience. Yeah, <laughs> that was the whole point of the joke. Travis is also <laughs> actually a announcer for WFC. So if you guys don't know that or don't get the jokes or you guys want to go to WFC, when's your next show? Uh, we actually just had a show last night, but our next show is going to be on May the 6th, and it's going to be in uh, Britain. Uh, Bristow, Oklahoma is going to be our next show, uh, May the 6th, and we're going to have a special guest there. Uh, he's a world-renowned wrestler, Works worked for Ring of Honor, did a little bit of work for TNA, um, and it's uh, go look him up on YouTube, and if you're in the Tulsa area or Oklahoma Northeast area, please come out to the show. Uh, we're going to have the gift, Jason Kincaid, uh, on our next show, and uh, he's, he's pretty legit, dude. He's a... He's a, he's a good wrestler, so it'll be it'll be cool to see him. Just excited. One of these days, I need to come out there. Problem is with me, I work on Saturday nights, and I don't get home until about ten forty. Oh, I know. I didn't even I didn't even leave our venue last night until about almost eleven o'clock because we oh, had well. to we had to help strip down and load. Uh, well, I should I should say I didn't necessarily have to, but for me because you I like was doing it. The, yeah, I was given I was given this opportunity, and you know I'm not I don't want this to sound bad, so I'm gonna phrase this uh, to where it's not I don't get paid or anything like that to do it, but because I was given this chance to come out and at least do this opportunity, I feel like the least I can do is help them. Oh, so, that's nice, yeah. Yeah, so I stayed I stayed in yeah I think it was about eleven o'clock that I got over to a friend's house. But we had to we had to break down the ring and set the chairs back up and things like that. So let's see uh, one second. So um, one thing I mean to cut you off. One thing I need to talk about is of course Finn Balor being injured again and not mm-hmm. passing his concussion test. What does this mean for the Demon King's his future? Um, obviously it's not necessarily the best of looking situations, but at the same time, both both injuries occurred that weren't his fault. You know what I mean? It's not like he did something to cause it. You know, um, Seth Rollins was the one that injured him the first time and Jinder Mahal injured him the second time. You know, he gave him that 
And it was. That was a wicked elbow strike that he gave him. And I don't think Jinder meant to do it. I really That's don't. That's what all the people are saying. Jinder, like, meant to do it. I don't, I don't think he did because even Finn was playing around with it on Friday when he uh, did the uh, – uh, oh, God. Well, what's it called? Uh, oh, man. I've gone blank where you can manipulate a photo. What's it? Photoshop. Photoshop. There we go. Um, where he photoshopped the picture of Mahal wearing his new Balor Club T-shirt. So – well, did you uh, see my little take of it? Uh, I think I may have seen it, yes. I made a Photoshop image of Gene Snitsky's head on Jinder Mahal, and it says, it wasn't my fault. Oh, look at you, you little creative thing, you. I know. It took me freaking two hours during during my work shift, but I was like, whatever. I'm, I'm highly impressed. That you was, need to retweet that on Twitter. Thank you. I will retweet that. <laughs> Hashtag retweet. Um, but yeah, it kind of sucks though, because first thing I'm really excited for gender coming back and looking all badass and like, I really want him. I'm not a big gender fan, but I want him to get a push because he's been there for so long and he's never, he will be now. (laughs) What do you mean? No, I mean, no, seriously. I'm I'm not even kidding. When I say that there's already a note that since he got moved over to the SmackDown roster, he's going to be pushed as a mid card heel. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. He does way better as a heel. He is the. I've never seen a guy that I would like think about and say he could never be a face. Because Ginger looks like a heel, the way he talks and acts and just he just like an ass. But you know, he kind of was already a face when you think about it. Three and, and he B. actually pulled it off. Yeah. Which by the way, just as a note, we yep. have all three members of three and B back in WWE. That's the, now. Man, that's the first thing that started trending whenever both of them got back signed on. Oh gosh. Yeah. yeah. I even sent I sent Heath Slater a, a tweet about a week ago, and I said, "So with that Drew McIntyre back at Jinder Mahal as well, can we see a three and B reunion band back together?" <laughs> you know, and I did the question mark with it. Of course, I uh, I'm sure back. Slater would love it because it put him back in the spotlight. I mean, he got pretty. He's pretty much in the spotlight on his own now too. I mean, even when he got paired with Rhino before, then he was already getting a lot of fan support. A lot of people think he's funny. He is pretty funny. Oh yeah, I I agree completely. Um, what's like next it. on the on the uh, on the slate for today? Oh, did oh. you see Drew McIntyre's return? Uh, that's what I was about to bring up. Sweet, he, we we had mentioned it, um, dude. That did you watch it? Did you watch that? I watched some of it, dude. You need to watch that whole match with Oni Lorcan. First off, Oni Lorcan. I think deserves quite a push in NXT. That dude has had nothing but stellar matches from almost day one. But more so importantly, this is also another reason why I, I truly believe NXT needs to have a secondary title because you only have three titles. Not necessarily a fan of that. You need to have a mid like a mid Carter title. You need to have another title like the Intercontinental title for the NXT brand. No, it makes I, sense. I, I really do feel like it. Would I never thought about that. You're right about that. You need like a workhorse title. They do because you think about it. You only have three titles to work for. So if you're not a tag team, you can't go after the tag team titles. If you're not a main event guy, which granted that's what everybody wants to be, but not everybody is a main event player. So you can't always have anybody going after the NXT title. So yeah. what are you gonna What are you gonna fight over? You can make you know them I mean? convert to being a woman. Title. Huh. You can convert. You convert. You can convert a lot of the guys to be women, and then go for the women title. Sure. I'm <laughs> Nothing. Did that. Yeah. Okay. Good. As long as you're laughing somewhere, that's all. Yeah. Um, that's all I but go for. Mac- 
but McIntyre, dude, he he is a completely different guy than his first WWE run. Have, he is first off, he's built like a freaking beast now. He really dude. is. He has and, that main eventer look too. Yeah, well, I think especially now he does. I yeah. don't think his first run with no. WWE, he was a main event. He was guy. really as much thin as they looking. Were trying and... to push him that way. Yeah, just he didn't. I never, I never could watch him and think that guy's going to be a future world champion. Got a little, he got a little older, put some more muscle on. Yeah, and I just don't think they ever booked him that right way. That's as true. Much as, again, as much as they were trying to push that towards you, he just never had that feel for me. But now, after his time away. Uh, you know, making a name for himself on Evolve and everywhere else that he's gone since leaving WWE and now coming back, um, he's he's reinvented himself and he's he's stepped it up a serious notch now. Yeah, I'm excited to see his future for sure. I've I always I was a fan back in the day. I personally hope that we see McIntyre, Bobby Roode here really soon. Like, Ooh, I, yeah, that makes to me. To me, I can see that being a. a not to not to play off of the uh, Nakamura Bobby Roode tagline, but I can see that being a money match between yeah. Roode uh, and McIntyre. Um, what else does it bring up? Oh man! Oh, I am still excited. I keep seeing um, I keep seeing videos and little clips and stuff of uh, what's the NXT guy I like so much? Oh, uh, I can never pronounce his name. I'm thinking, I'm thinking. The guy is from Norway or Holland? Oh, oh, um, Alistair Black. Alistair Black, man, he's so good. Dude, did you see that? Jo- my brother match- my brother George watched it too, and he, he doesn't watch NXT a lot. He started watching it again. He said, first thing he said was Alistair Black. I go, yes, I know, he is freaking amazing. Dude, That I don't even care that his match was like 5, 15, or it was like 15 seconds long. <laughs> yeah. But... I love. I just loved what he did, where he just came out, got in the corner, and then just stood there. Didn't say it, didn't do anything. Just stood there, waited for the guy to make the move. I thought it was so such an awesome psychology in the ring. All of a sudden, the guy comes running at him, and literally, and it looks so like when he hit when he hit him with that that spinning back kick. It yeah. literally looks so good that I started thinking. I was like, did he knock him out? Because he literally just stood there. All of a sudden, just. Whoop, the, he has such good ring hit. presence. Yeah. He's, you know, he, sorry. No, go ahead. Go ahead. No, that's why I'm so excited for NXT, because NXT really is building such awesome stars. I mean, yeah. look at all the stars. They're going to be our future main stars now. Finn Balor, Owens is already there. Rollins is already there. You know, Nakamura is going to be headline center later. Bobby Roode, for sure, is going to be some kind of main event guy in Raw or SmackDown. It's like you can kind of see the guys that are really sending out on NXT and the guys that are yep. probably going to make it. And I feel like Mr. Black is going to definitely be one of those guys that are going to be up there. Well, and you know, part of that that I that I actually enjoy, and this is where I say this is Triple H's influence behind the scenes that's finally taking shape now in WWE, is that they're not just sticking to the we have to build our homemade guys. Yeah. While that is that is definitely a, a good mindset that you've got to build your own stars from in-house, you know, and, and get them on that level. He's He started looking like, okay, but what about these other guys that are on the indies that have been killing it for years yeah. that have just as much skill as anybody else? Shouldn't we be giving them a chance too? Exactly. And now, and that's, you know, that's why we now have – Kevin Owens, Samoa Joe, Finn Balor, Nakamura, you know, soon to be. Yeah, I think a lot of this would never happen with um, Triple H. 
I agree. I think I think we would be if if Triple H had not decided to take over NXT and turn it into what it is now. It's just my opinion, but I honestly think we would be at a complete dead spell in wrestling right now because WWE would well, have just definitely had it. a lot of times where it was felt like that. Yeah, because we would have had a bunch of guys in WWE that really uh, that are like Roman Reigns, where they're just being pushed down our throat. How did I knew you're gonna bring his name up? But I, I don't mean that in a I don't mean that as a diss towards Roman Reigns. I mean that in regards to they are going to push their homemade guys that that people can't really get behind. Yeah, you know, Roman I know is now he's now top merchandise seller. Oh he's, yeah, he's outdoing John Cena, so he's 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 here to stay as a top guy, which I have no problem with. I like Roman Reigns. I've said it several times. Uh, I don't change my stance on Roman Reigns whatsoever. Um, I just I think they can they can present him in such a different way to where he can't to where he's not being so harshly criticized by all the smart marks, if you will, in in on the internet wrestling community and things like that. But whatever, I'm I'm part of that crew apparently, so I'm not huh. I can't really speak too much. Uh, but yeah, I, I I think we would be at a point right now in wrestling had it not been for triple h's influence where we would be scratching our heads like oh really this guy you know yeah i think uh, you're right about that honestly mm-hmm. we'd have a bunch i mean of John didn't Cena it feel like thoughts. for a long time there was going to be no real new next generation so it felt like do you remember that time period where it felt like there was no new stars being real like, built yeah like two, that 2009 2010 uh, well i'd even throw 2008 in there too yeah that was dude you remember those 2009, yeah. 2010, especially that was some of the worst times to be a wrestling fan because oh, yeah. there, there was really no, no new stars. It was all John Cena and no offense to undertaker, but undertaker, triple H, Randy Orton. It, they were all guys that we had seen already. You know, man, I do agree with you. I really think CM Punk, CM Punk probably is one of those guys that really did open the door a little bit. As for much him. as, as much as he may feel now towards wrestling that he didn't change anything, that he didn't change any kind of landscape. Oh, is that what I he says? It, well, because, I mean, that's why he left, you know, because, you know, he, he, he re-signed because he said himself that he just he didn't like how things were ran, but they were telling him that things were going to be different this time. And he left because he felt like things weren't any better. But personally, I think if he were to really stop and analyze uh, what WWE is now, and if he were to really look at from that time that he cut that promo to now, oh man, I think he, the big I think difference. Re- oh, I think he would. I think he could actually very much make a claim that he did. He did change the WWE. I mean, people like Daniel Bryan, smaller, smaller main eventers, kind of like Styles isn't small, but he's a little smaller. You know, he would be classified as yeah. He would be classified as small. Yeah, AJ Styles, uh, Sami Zayn, hopefully in the future. These guys yep. are the guys that would not generally be pushed as main event stars. No, because they are not the typical WWE John Cena, Roman Reigns, Hulk Hogan bodybuilder. Yeah. You know what I mean? And, I mean, it's – you look at Chris Jericho, you know, one of your favorites of all yeah. time. Yeah, Chris that's probably why I liked him so much. He felt like a regular guy. He Yeah, he was never he was <clears> never a main event player, if you will, or he was never viewed as a main event player, even though everybody and their dog could see that he had that potential. Um, yeah. But – you know, it wasn't until he he really made that go for in in 2000 when he had that one brief moment uh, with Triple H where the title changed. After that title change that he had, it was 
he was a set guy because fast forward a year and a half after that, first undisputed champion beat Rock. You know what? Now that I now that I just said that, Chris Jericho beat Triple H, Stone Cold, and The Rock all within a two year time span. Yeah, and that says something right there. Your main freaking stars, all ev- for the almost ever, too. all for the championships, dude. Yeah. He beat Triple H on that episode of Raw, which I know they you know came out later and stripped him of it, but <laughs> whatever. Technically, he won. I the forgot title. about that. Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. He technically won that title. Then he uh, then he won it a year and a half later as undisputed champion. Jericho was never viewed as a main event player until he made people look at him as a main event player. Yeah, I think he says it somewhere too, like in one of the WCW documentaries. Yeah, WCW didn't really understand what they had, and honestly, yeah. if Eric Bischoff had been just a little bit more, you know, a little bit smarter to seeing what Jericho was doing, I really do feel like. Uh, if Bischoff would have noticed that and if Bischoff would have concentrated on making new stars, which he's the first to say that he didn't do that. Um, Jericho probably could have been the biggest thing in WCW had he been pushed correctly. Oh, I agree with that. Um, probably a, probably one of our last topics of the night or of the day. Oh, cause we're in a little short episode cause it is Easter weekend. We both want to be with our families. Um, Absolutely. what do you think about the whole, uh, Murano thing and JBL and all that stuff? This was a, this was another topic of conversation last night. Um, and people who may not know about it, give them a little recap. So essentially the, the situation that is at the moment is that, uh, Mar Ranello, the, uh, the, the, uh, I guess I can say former, uh, lead announcer on SmackDown. He, uh, he, he, he's dealt with uh, bipolar and depression issues, uh, apparently since he was a teenager. And the report claims that there had been some alleged bullying tactics by JBL, who's already been notorious mm-hmm. for hazing wrestlers uh, in the WWE. Miz is a very prominent person that's been hazed by JBL before. Um, Justin Roberts, who just came out with his autobiography, uh, has noted in his and that's book who's really books, grilled. That's who's really grilled JBL. Yeah, he's he's not made any bones about it uh, from what's been uh, pulled out, which I find is actually interesting. That um, you know he didn't none of this whole bullying stuff about JBL uh, came out until after his book was already released. So he had already documented. Uh, his own experiences. So it's not like he was doing it to get publicity or anything yeah. like that. Um, JBL has been a notorious character for, uh, for being hazing and things like that. But, you know, Kevin Nash uh, sent out a tweet earlier this week that was kind of backing JBL because as he said, he said, what you got to understand is JBL broke in at a time when there was a bunch of 300 pound dudes all fighting for a main event spot mm-hmm. and you had to hold your own. And yeah, back then we were all very much, you know, joking and kidding and things like that. And while some people may consider what we did in our style harsh, it's, it was amongst the boys. You know what I mean? Yeah. We it's an old school mentality. The problem yeah. is you're mixing old school with new school, younger guys, younger guys, younger guys just don't. Now. Yeah. It's, the sad part is def- if it may People may get pissed off by this. I can only imagine if people knew the stuff HBK would do behind the scenes and stuff. Would they really like him? Because I heard HBK was a big asshole behind the scenes. 
especially to Michael Cole. And you so, exactly. That. So well, it's just all the stuff he... prominently. It yeah. was on a, it was on raw almost every single week. At some point they were doing something to Michael Cole, whether it was giving him a wedgie, pushing him over, pulling him into the shower to, to spray him down. I mean, Michael Cole went through some stuff, man. And even, and that was also, that was also for television stuff though. It was, but even Michael Cole has said uh, in interviews about Sean that he and Sean did not get along for a little while because Sean was a dick back then, <laughs> you know? Um, so now we're dealing with a, a whole new generation where, don't get me wrong, I'm not, I'm not saying bullying is a good thing whatsoever. I, I'm not I – was, I was a victim of bullying when I was a kid. Yeah, you know? man. Oh, I was uh, definitely a victim of bullying. Wow. But that being said – we're growing up in a society now where, you know, they are promoting, oh, you know, don't be a bully. And uh, a lot of the, uh, they're, they're, they promote it in a way of don't stand up for yourself. You yeah. Know run and run and, you know, tell somebody or something like that. And, you know, again, I'm not necessarily dogging anybody's parenting skills or anything like that, but my mom taught me how to fight. You know, she was like, if somebody's going to pick on you and if they want to, here's the thing. If you get in a fight and stand up for yourself and it doesn't work and it keeps happening, you probably should tell somebody. At that point, yeah, you're 100% right. If it doesn't if it doesn't stop after you've stood up for yourself, then yeah, maybe you do need to take But guess what? When rap. you're in the real world and you're an adult and your boss is, you know, being rude to you, you got to stand up a little bit for yourself so he'll like respect you if you exactly. go call your mom and say hey my boss is uh he's really good on to me this week what's right. she gonna do yeah it's this ain't this ain't elementary school anymore don't go play tattletale or anything like that go and stand up for yourself you know if you have an issue with somebody don't be you know uh i love my brothers to death and you know if anything ever were to happen between me and them if we ever got into a physical confrontation or something like that it's like it's like I told him. I said, as much as you know, I'm I may take an ass whooping, you know, hmm. especially by my older brother. Yeah. But if at the end of the day, my older brother's going to respect me because I at least stood there and went toe to toe with him. You know what I mean? Yeah, my brother George wish he could get ass whoop me, but he's a wussy. <laughs> but that's my point, though. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's, it's a little bit. It's I don't know if it's just a manly thing. If you want to do that, if you want to say it's that. That's the sad guy. thing. I know we're getting a weird topic here, not really wrestling stuff, but I find this very it interesting. It does have to do with wrestling. It's, it, well, right now you're right. It does a little bit, but but it's like, I guess I'm the same way though. When I, I you just kind of feel like, why can't people stand up for themselves instead of being little whiny babies all the time? I get there's some people that maybe it's like it's dramatically different. One guy's like. 80 pounds more than you and you're one's a second grader one's like a sixth grader and whatever but i mean that's probably different thinking you know little kids need help anyways but it's like True. when you get a little older you're in your teens and stuff you don't have to like cry and moan about everything that. yeah you don't have to put up with that you know stand up and just say no i'm not i'm not tolerating that and if something goes down it's going to go one of two ways you're either going to show that person that's been picking on you this whole time that hey you need to back up off me otherwise this is what can happen or you can potentially take an ass whooping but at the end of the day you will earn that person's respect because you just stood up for yourself even in defeat you took a beating but you you stood there and took it you know and I mean? here's the thing i'm not a really big tall guy but i always was a the kind of bigger guy growing up in school man i would probably even in middle school was at least 200 pounds i was probably 230 240 High school, always a big guy. Here, I am actually the epitome of the story because I always got picked on 
but I always fought the bully. I never yeah. went and cried to anybody. I fought the bully. I usually beat the shit out of the bully. The bully would never mess with me. So then, and and uh, when I was younger in elementary and stuff and middle school, I would always see bullies that are picking on people younger, smaller than them, and beat the hell out of the bullies. So in a sense, I became like a bully beater upper. Well, and, and you do that, and and that's I mean honestly that's a that's a good reputation to have because that just means that. There are, there are, there are some people that just don't stand up for themselves yeah. for one reason or another. But if somebody is willing to kind of reach out that hand and be like, "Hey, you know, I don't, I don't agree with what this person's doing, and I'll put a stop to it." Not to say this is right, but I did so many freaking wrestling moves on. Bullies. I mean, it's. I mean, we all grew us people that grew up watching Man. wrestling. We tried the moves at least I did, once. On when I, when I was a little bully beater upper, I did so many Russian leg sweeps. People don't even know like what those things are when they're younger. So they're standing there and you do like, you do like a standing Russian leg sweep. It's the funnest thing. Cause like this, oh, yeah. these young kids didn't know what the hell it was. And I was there sitting there twisting my legs, <laughs> planting them straight in the ground. It's, and that's all I, mean, I needed. Literally. That was one move. And they literally start crying. And it's, and I'm telling you, it's, it's simple. It's as funny as it is, is people that make fun of us guy. Cause I mean, I'm sure we, I'm sure you dealt with it at times where people were like, I can't believe you watch this fake wrestling crap. Uh, but there are times where that fake wrestling crap has come in handy. Oh man, so, many times. So, yeah, so you're like as as fake as the as wrestling may be, it's kind of helped me in some real situations. <laughs> yeah. So, you know. <laughs> so, it is what it is. So, um anything you want to add to this podcast, Travi, before we send it off? Yeah, don't be a bully, be a star. Oh my uh, god. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> I forgot sorry, about that I little campaign. Slogan. No, um, I want to bring up one final topic yeah. that's real, real quick, sure. um, and it goes back to the superstar shakeup real quick. Um, I am not a fan of Bray Wyatt being on Raw. Really? Why is that? I oh, I meant to ask you about this too. It's it 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 makes me upset because, and honestly, Bray Wyatt himself was even upset about it because really? it was a it was a last minute decision. Because guess who? Guess why he was moved to Raw? Guess who he took uh, the place of? Taker? No, AJ Styles. Oh yeah, they... AJ had been had been set to move to Raw for weeks at this point, and literally last minute decision, they switched Bray instead of AJ. Which don't get me wrong, I'm cool with AJ staying on SmackDown, but I don't like Bray being moved to Raw for two reasons. One. The Orton feud is going to come to an end, so we won't see Bray Wyatt win in that feud. Hmm. That feud's going to be done and over, and he's going to lose another high-profile feud. And now he's going to go on. He to should a have show. a different. He should have the opposite thing. You know, take her as a streak. He should have like a losing streak. <laughs> God, see, I don't want to talk about that. That makes me even more mad. Yeah, that's pretty. <laughs> um, but it makes me it makes me upset even more so because there's already even though there's star power that's now moved over to SmackDown, there's still a lot of star power on raw that bray wyatt's gonna have to fight for real estate on yeah now now granted i'm hoping balor is okay and i'm hoping he'll be able to uh come back here relatively quickly like i hope the concussion wasn't too serious or anything like that um because i do think there is a money to be made in a balor and wyatt feud that they've been teasing i seriously do think that that will yeah. be a money because think about that it that's exciting actually this is a loan that can get you hooked for that. Oh yeah. This could this could be the sting and taker of this generation if done properly. 
I mean, I do think, in a lot of people's eyes, Balor still has a lot of time to go to prove himself. I don't. I don't think so. Because, well, in WWE, in NXT, he was good, man, but I'm saying, in Raw or SmackDown-wise, he hasn't been in more than, what, a handful of matches? But neither of which have been his fault. I know, but still, you can't base off the rest of his career off a couple, you know, NXT runs. Sure, sure. At the same time, though, he's already he already had a well-rounded and developed reputation in in Japan. Because yeah. let me because clar- let me clarify something. Finn Balor did not need to come to WWE. It's true. He, he did not. He was. He probably a, he needed the money set. though. It, well, and he did it. He's even said himself. He came to WWE because it was a new challenge. Yeah. It, it was something that he he never he never thought of coming to WWE because he never thought he could make money in WWE because of his size. Well, but I got a feeling even Japan, and now here he is. Don't you, you know? think he probably gets paid even a you know mid card guy? Even if he's a mid card guy, you probably get paid more to than you do it in, in New Japan. Uh, I mean, despite what people want to argue, um, New Japan is not an independent promotion at all. New Japan is huge, man. Um, like that's that's like, very true. Actually, it's very true. That's, I mean, AJ Styles said it uh, said it best on Twitter to somebody who referred to New Japan as an indie league. He looked at him and he said, "Have you ever wrestled in New Japan, or have you ever seen New Japan yeah, wrestling? That's... They are the farthest thing from an independent." You know, it's funny because I've never thought about that concept. I've always thought of them kind of indie. But you think about it, their crowd size and they're just like, I mean, it's, it's their fan popularity, man. And the wrestlers, the reputations that wrestlers have over there, and the names that have been over there, dude. Yeah, that it's basically like a you know an Asian version of WWE. It's it's exactly what it is. It's a it's a complete Oriental version. Uh, it's the Oriental WWE, if you will. Yeah. You know what I mean? That's to me. That's the only real competition. The only difference between the two is, unfortunately, for New Japan, they're not on a global scale yet. Yeah. Now are they are they known global wide? Sure. But are they marketable global wide right now? No. Yeah. Not at all. And that's that's where WWE has the leg up on New Japan. Well, also most people know English as their second language or first language. Most people don't know Japanese. True, but so. to New Japan's credit, though, as well, they have a lot of stars that do speak English. That's true. Um, and a lot of the main guys on the New Japan roster, um, they actually can speak speak a little bit of English. So they're they're good. Well, there. and then also that they announced it. But you're right; it, everything yeah. can be converted. Speaking of that, uh, while we're on the New Japan yeah. topic, the last thing you were bringing up, Seth Rollins' new finisher. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's a it's a knee strike version of Okada's uh, Rainmaker clothesline. It's, that's the only difference is oh, – and you can go look at it. Go look at, the, uh, uh, go look at Okada's Rainmaker finisher on YouTube. It's set up the exact same way. He grabs the wrist, spins them around brings them back to him and hits him with a strong lariat. So do you do you think it's going to work for him in the long run? It's a, it's a strong yes. enough finisher for him? Yes. And I mean that because it's a strike for one thing, so it can be hit on anybody. And that's that was the concept that Shawn Michaels ha, uh, had talked about um, in one of his uh, documentaries. He said that you the most successful wrestlers are the ones that have finishers that can be performed. Mm-hmm. I've always agreed with that. Fire positioning and striking for the most part. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Um, and that's exactly what Rollins can do. Rollins using the pedigree is fine, but at using that as his main finisher, I think is very much detrimental to him. Yeah, because it doesn't feel like it's him. 
and it wasn't exactly. it wasn't it was like, like it's such a different different finish we haven't seen before. The guy's still wrestling; he's used that finisher. Yeah, and see, and and I really wish they would have allowed him to keep using the blackout or the the curb stomp as they called it, mm-hmm. um, because I thought that was such an awesome, impactful finisher that once again can be hit on anybody. It's not about strength; it's just yeah. about positioning. And it's the exact same situation with this new finisher knee strike maneuver. You don't have to lift the guy up because Rollins is doing the jump up knee himself. Yeah. So it's a strike. And if he hits it, it's game over. You know what I mean? No. So, no pun intended. so I do think it'll be beneficial for him in the long run. Yeah. I mean, I, I, how, I how, like how it looks and stuff. I just don't, To me, it didn't feel like it. I don't know. It didn't feel like it could take down like big guys. I know it's wrestling, but it's like some finisher but, you feel like it could really take down and be a real finisher. This one just feels like a, I don't know. But give it give it some time, you know, because I'm sure there's a lot of people that, you know, when they started using certain finishers, they they didn't think it would, you know, it yeah. would work or get over. So give it give it a little bit of time. Let him That's true. let him experiment with it some more. Let him use it a little bit more. And I, I bet you anything that we're going to be looking at this move again in about oh, I'd say maybe a year or so, and we're going to be like, God dang, this this move is actually pretty freaking legit. You know? You're probably right. That's that's my opinion. I think it's going to be good for Rollins. Um, what can I say? So, uh, of course, we'll be back next week. Don't forget to check out Rumbling Reality on YouTube. Don't forget to check out um, rumblingrumors.com. Uh, I've been posting a little bit less new stuff and more, I don't know, more like trending topics, wallpapers, memes, fun stuff. Because there's so many freaking news sites out there. I don't want to do every single news article. It just takes too long and you guys can get it from every other place. Yeah. So uh, also, this episode is sponsored by The Altered Angle. Um, you can go find them on Twitter, listen to their podcasts. There are some cool guys been helping, helping push our rumbling reality podcast and, uh, website stuff on Twitter. So I appreciate that. So got to shout them out. Sidebar also, for those of you that, uh, that do watch my wrestling reality show that takes place every week. Um, I was unfortunately unable to do an episode this week due to a family personal manner. Um, but do not worry, I will be back with uh, at least one new episode this upcoming week. I'm tempted to do two. So just be on the lookout this week for at least a brand new episode of Wrestling Reality brand this upcoming new. week. Yes, sir. Mm-hmm. All right, everybody have a happy Easter. If you're not religious, you don't like Easter, I really don't care. Happy Easter. Exactly. This is Easter <laughs> Sunday, y'all, so hush. Yep. All right, guys, take care. And Travis, Spike your hair. Um, what? You said take care. I said spike your hair. It's like something Miz would say. No, All right, guys. Oh, that's what it is. Oh, yeah. And that's not familiar. All yeah. right, guys. Take care. We're out. Spike See you next hair. week. Bye, Travi. Later, brother.